Hello and welcome to the Be Better podcast where we believe any and every area of your life has a little more potential that you can tap into to change the course and trajectory of your outcomes. My name is Clarissa Parody and I am your host and I have worked and trained in the worlds of business strategy, leadership, and performance. And I am the person who believes in and creates success where there appears to be ceilings. And if that sounds like something that's in your world, your reality, and something you want more of, welcome to the show. It is a great day to change your life. Let's go. Excellent. Excellent. So we'll do a little, a little high hello first, and then we can get rolling. Um, I have been traveling for work. So my fur friend who it's really his world and I live in it, um, is very needy. So he might make an appearance. His name Perfect. is dip. Um, he's a cat. Oh, yeah, un- unexpected and unusual for me specifically, but given that I'm allergic, however, wow, to be okay right now. Do you um, know what's a crazy story? I'm allergic. When I was 19 years old, my boyfriend at the time bought me a cat and like very, very strange sidebar. Who buys a pet for a person that this pet is going to live 15 years? I'm 19. You're, you're signing me up for a child for 15 years. <laughs> And yeah, it didn't go very well. And I'm a dog person and I was allergic. So like it didn't work out well, but I had a cat once. I loved him, but it really wasn't. How do you travel with a cat if you're traveling all the time? Um, well, not easily. Uh, I, he's very lonely. <laughs> um, I have people come by, like I have my fam, I have a lot of family in town. So they'll stop by my neighbors. They're amazing. Uh, and I, he just though is super high needs. Like if he could be inside my face all on my neck at all times, he would. And, um, it's, you know, it's interesting. Cause I, I I'm single, but I imagine that if I was in love, I'd want to be close to my person. I'm a big physical affection type of person. And I'm like, is this what my ex has thought of your me? Your cat is you. Your cat I'm, is you. I'm like, Oh no, so sorry. I should make, I should make some phone calls and apologize, but we don't need to open those that Pandora's box up. I'm like, maybe not. Maybe we'll just say, sorry. Hope you can hear this through the universal ether. I apologize for being <laughs> I like, I'm like, I'm like, I love smuggling. What's so great. Yeah. I have dip. He's just everywhere. everywhere. That's like my hair. My boyfriend yesterday was like, I found a piece of your hair in my asshole basically <laughs> and I was, and he just, like, socks I'm everywhere it is. I'm like you can't you can't find you, you must keep me I am in all places I did compl- yeah. I, I do complain about him shedding but I'm really not sure who's worse me or him yeah, it's, right? it could be me my sister was my sister's a hair was a hairstylist and she goes you shed a lot like more than the average bear and I was like you know that would explain a lot I, I am a cat I think it's healthy, actually. Why not? Why not? Like, let go of what's no longer needed, right? Hair. Hair. See you later. Excellent. Okay. Are you ready to begin? Yeah. Wonderful. I'm having fun. This is already one of the most fun podcasts I've ever done. It's been like 60 (laughs) seconds. I'm totally down for fun. It's one of my core values. I'm like, if I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's so much in life that isn't fun. And I'm like, so why would I choose my extracurricular or hobbies or passion projects to be miserable? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. Well, I'm so excited to meet you, Tara Murphy. Where are you in the world right now? I'm in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And (laughs) I've been here for a while. I've been coming for three winters now here. 
And this year, well, I was here for two years in COVID in the winter and nobody came to visit. And I always prayed that everybody came to visit so they could experience it too. And this year, everyone's coming to visit. So I feel like I've been in Vegas for too long. That's what <laughs> it feels like I'm taking that nasty red eye flight home from Vegas, like every day, trying to keep up with like the part. Everyone's on vacation here. Right. And that's me. So, right. you know, try to get work done when people are like whispering tequila in your ear, like every 20 seconds. <laughs> You're like, well, but I can't I'm complain. I'm not complaining, but you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a lot. Cause I was even thinking like, I've, one of my commitments is to have more fun. So it's like, I should really inject something into my social life. And now I have, I've rekindled friendships and I'm like, but so we have to hang out. I'm like, I still have to do laundry like that. I don't have a, I don't have a mom doing that for me anymore. Like what happened to the good old days when I was like under 10, where I had no responsibilities, those are gone. Uh, and now I have, I have, I have clean laundry mountain awaiting my attention. We'll and that's there. an excuse as an adult. You can say, I have to do laundry. And I it used to feel like an excuse. And now it's like, no, that's my cry for help as an adult. Like if if I don't have any underwear, like come on, I can't come out tonight. Like, what do you mean? I mean, I guess I can, but I, I could. I'm just gonna stop at the store on the way. Like, just <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, have I have in fact done that before in for trips where I'm like, I haven't had time. I I was telling you earlier that I've been traveling a lot for work lately, and I have full on been like we'll just buy underwear on the way and I'll wash them when I get there. It's fine. No, my girlfriends I know that are here, they would not stop them. They'd come and bring me options. They'd be like, here, it's new with the tag. Tara, come with us. We got this under control. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you need to be responsible for yourself, still do your life and also love the people that are around you and give that, it, it is something else. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about yourself. This is, you said this is your third winter in in mexico for mm-hmm. you said it was six-ish months i believe you said six-ish. Six-ish. Yeah. what like zoom way back how did tara go from being who tara was to now tara who spends half of her time in a balmy tropical location yeah so i have traveled a lot as like a young adult i worked in hospitality so that i could take months off and travel So I think my country number, like my kill count is 44 countries. So not unusual for me to be like kind of exploring my exploration. But a few, five years ago, I started dating very casually this guy who golfs for a living. So he would spend winters in Florida and I would be like flying back and forth. And we're like, oh, okay. And that style of life really didn't suit me for a long time because we were like in a relationship, but he was gone a lot and I have a job. So there was, that's hard. It's like plugging in and plugging out, unplugging, I guess. And then when pandemic hit, Florida is a non-option. Obviously it was like Mecca of COVID. So I had spent a lot of time down here and funny story. I got married. I've been married before. Whoa, spoiler alert. Like some people don't know that, but I was young and I got married in Mexico, like basically down the road from where I'm living here now. So I've always loved it here. And although that's like a weird way to come back to this place, I told my boyfriend, hey, there's golf courses. I'm sure you can train down there. It's like a replacement to Florida. Let's try it. And then we came the first year in the pandemic and it became like our safest most beautiful space. There's three golf courses within 20 minutes for him. I can work remotely. We found an amazing condo that we come every time. 
So now it feels strangely more like home than Toronto or the city does. And now people are visiting. So definitely feels like they get to see how we live down here. But um, that's how it kind of came to be this half and half. And because everybody worked remotely during the pandemic, my productivity, it wasn't a conversation where it's like, I have to quit my job. Mm. So I can scale back and like modify, but because of like, so the pandemic to me was very nice. It like shoved me into this space. Totally. I feel like it really, uh, I was working with an organization and I feel like it shot them 10 years in the right direction. I was like, wow, all the tech we didn't have. And now <laughs> we have it. And yeah. I think it, I think the, it, the mentality of like needing to be in an office to be productive really shifted. And I'm sure this is a conversation that's happened a million times, but I'm still like, wow, I, I worked from home today. I loved it. I'm like, okay, great. I had a, like so much more daylight, a lot. I had time in nature this afternoon and I'm, I swear I do better. Yeah. Uh, it, it just is, it's definitely different. And I know that there's those water cooler conversations you can miss. And sometimes visibility can be stifled and you're right. not always thought of first. However, if you're doing your job well and you make sure you have those connections or you reach out to people or what have you, you can, I think it can still be really effective. For like sure. Text done it the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the rest of us. Okay. So you were in Toronto at the time before all of this happened. What were you doing in Toronto? So I work in an investment bank there and after all my travels and like my marriage being like, whoa, this isn't working, like stress, um, I traveled a lot. And then when I came home, I'm like, okay, get real Tara, like, you know, grow up. Ah. And this isn't like, a, you don't get a redo with everything, you know? So I, I finally went back to, I went to school for finance and I have a bachelor's of commerce. So there was always contacts that I had. And then I just did my securities licensing, which in Canada is essentially a financial accreditation and got a job at this investment bank. And I am the only female still, the youngest on the team still. And those people are like family to me. So even when I came down here, it was a conversation of like, how can we make it work? If you want me still to be on this team, it was kind of non-negotiable for me. I'm going with my partner. And like, what do you think of that? So, um, yeah, so I work in banking, investment banking. We help companies in the past take them public on the stock market. Most recently, the stock market obviously has been disaster. So, a little volatile, a little volatile. <laughs> well, a little volatile. So now we've shifted kind of to uh, a real estate development space, but I can't talk about it too much. Otherwise, I'll lose my job. But that's what I do in Toronto. And then since then, I just have branched off into, a, before pandemic, I, I spoke at a women's workshop in Toronto in like a wellness kind of vibe space. And I talked about financial wellness and I thought it was going to be so boring. I was sweating. I'm like, everyone knows this shit. Like I'm just a loser up here talking about numbers. And women stayed for like hours after and wanted to work with me and all these things. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> work, work, work with me. So I had to like backtrack and develop kind of a whole structure of, okay, I can coach people and I can develop this course and program. So it has went from, okay, I work in investment banking to now I help individuals with their business strategies and their finances to now I'm down here. So I'm dabbling in the influencer space. It's just... I have Airbnbs that I've managed for like nine years. I, I, I don't know what my job is. It's like, <laughs> what day is it? You know, 
Weird. Sounds like fun though. It sounds like a lot of fun. Variety is nice. I think it's so interesting when you can, it sounds like you kind of became an accidental entrepreneur. You went from like corporate super structured job, investment banking slash real estate space. And then one day you give a talk and some, someone was like, raise their hand. I was like, I, I need your help in my life. Yeah which is and I'm like, me? Who, me? <laughs> like you, know. you can't be serious. Okay. So walk me through that process. What happened? Yeah. So it was really eye-opening. And of course, I'm always an advocate of like, we don't have any conversation about finance in school. What I learned in university when it came to finance, nothing applied. They told us you can't use a calculator. Like who, we have Google for fucking everything. We have calculators everywhere. So okay, I call bullshit meter. My whole life, it has kind of been the conversation of money was interesting. As a child, I didn't understand. Some people have more, some people have less. Credit, like here's a plastic magic card and maybe you pay it, maybe you don't. You know, the whole concept is crazy to me. And I'm just learning in my adult life that we're not given the tools. And now it has been, I'm in my thirties. I have done this for a long time. I do whether I get imposter syndrome or not, I do have the background and knowledge to educate. So I took some time off of work in that transition down here in the pandemic. And I said, I'm going to create a program. I'm going to set up this back end of coaching. I'm going to make the funnels and whatever tunnels work so that I can support people because why should I keep it to myself? And it gets exhausting and hard, but you know, at the end of the day, it's so rewarding to be able to share just like a little something with somebody because financial challenges inhibit your life, you know? And if you can just turn that switch off, whether it's mentally or one change that we make together and then you sleep easier and your life and you can say yes to people, it's like life-changing. So I'm not a doctor, but you know, I feel like I'm doing my work. Oh, that's so special. They, to feel like you can fill a gap or a hole or make someone's life better. And what you had said earlier was like, doesn't everybody know this? Doesn't everybody know this? Sometimes when you do something and you're so familiar with it, you don't realize how valuable it is because your, your, your proximity to it is just so close. It's so close. Uh, so I want to, I want to understand more about this, uh, program you developed. So women are like, I didn't know. And so you developed this back end, and you've got the tunnels and the funnels and all that fun stuff. And what is it that you're teaching? If, because people are, might hear the language, like, what do you mean my finances? Like, what do you mean? What am I, what am I talking about? Yeah. So my program, I did, I kind of, it was a mistake now going back. And sometimes I work with clients and I'm like, Oh, you're building a course. Let me just tell you what not to do because I did it. And, um, I kind of put everything, I spent three or four months putting everything from saving, budgeting, like must do's with your money mindset. Like I could do a 20 hour workshop on mindset and guilt and shame and just releasing that kind of stuff from your life. So my program goes through, and then there's five modules about investing and what does it mean? And what are your options and what platforms to use and links and screenshots and what's trending and how to figure it out. So basically it's a go-to for any realm of what you want to start and work through and you can kind of pick and choose. Now this year, I usually do free classes every month. Usually this year, I don't know what's wrong with the vortex or something going on, but I haven't done anything. I'm not even pushing my finance program. I haven't done a class. I'm not even promoting the coaching because 
I don't know, I feel like I'm just working things out myself and people don't need to be told they're not doing it right. So now mm. I'm a different approach and I'm like, okay, Tara, just live your life. And when the coaching clients come to you or it comes to you that you want to do this right now, it will. I don't want to remind people, hey, the markets are bad. This is what you should be doing. Hey, right. you might be struggling for year three. Like I can help you. I don't want to self promote in that way. And so this year it's felt a little different for me to sell, mm. but I still do have coaching clients. I saw a woman yesterday and the transformation I've seen within her from session one to session three was like, I had goosebumps saying goodbye to her, like fly, you know, and she felt so good with her financial situation. She wasn't stressed. Her body language said like, okay, I got this. So I'm still doing it. It's just a little more subtle now in like how I sell or approach the process. And it means you can totally go through seasons, right? Like you can right. be like, maybe in five years, you want to be doing it a different way. And so who's to say it's right or wrong. I know sometimes, uh, especially if you learn from some of the greatest business moguls in the world, they have a structure, they have a formula, they follow it and it often works. And I will say you can follow a structure and formula and be like out of your mind, miserable. Right. So if it's not, if it doesn't fit or feel right now, why? And there's, and it, there's that discernment where you can push through the hard stuff, like one more rep. You're like, I know, I know I'm quitting mentally because I feel, I feel tired and I don't want to do another squat or a bicep curl. And yet I also know that there's times where I'm like, I literally can't do another one. There's a, there's a difference. And that's the same thing with like, how do you sell? How do you promote your business? And it's, it's okay to have seasons. And I think sometimes, especially like I've worked in corporate for most of my life and it's always grow the business, get better numbers, bigger, bigger, bigger. I'm like, at what point do, do we hit a top? Right. At what point? And maybe there isn't one. Uh, but I'm like, if we've had double digit increases every year, like percentage wise, what, t- at what point does it stop? Like, I don't, I, that I'm like, there's gotta be, isn't there a bubble? Maybe there's not a bubble. Maybe I'm in the matrix. I don't know, but it, it's just letting it be a season. I think is totally okay. I like, I used to be gung ho. I used to produce a podcast a week or sometimes two. And then I needed to shift because it wasn't, I was like, Oh, this needs to pause. And so, so give yourself permission to do what's necessary. So good for you. Not everyone does it. And I love when seeing, I see people do it. That's really, that's really good. Yeah, it's hard because you don't know. I've hired two assistants as well to work on my business, which is my social and the branding part and the classes. And now I'm not pushing my classes and my sales. So it's like, I still have a team now of two people who I'm paying, who I have to delegate things to and honestly delegate things to. And sometimes I'm like, take a week off. I'm going to pay you. You know why? Because I don't want to stress about having to find something for you to do if like I never enjoyed that working for an employer who was like I'm gonna fill your time Mm. I don't want to do that so when there's work to be done I will delegate it and I'll ask I'll lean on them but I also learned in the past few years that shifting from being an employee to having this business to helping people to now having a team that this is how I want to lead this is how I want to live my life And I would expect the same from an employer or a team that I work with. So it showed me a lot. Like you have to have trust in other people. And now I see as an employee also the value that I bring just being available, even if I'm in Mexico, you know, I know now I have my girls, they don't live in Mexico, but I can lean on them when I need. So that's what I pay them for. And I know at work now, you know, you can lean on me, you trust me. So I I found my own kind of self-worth and value in that. 
And I also make sure I, my team and my girls and people feel valued in that space. And I think that's important. That's so important. What ways do you think uh, really make them feel valued? Yeah, I think I, I do recognize the space of, hey, are you happy with the tasks at hand? Because I don't just want it to be like, this is now your job. Things are changing in my business. So you must adapt to this. So I often check in with them and make sure, hey, are you enjoying your tasks? Are you wanting more hours or less hours? Do you need time off? Like, are you okay with our communication style? Is there anything I can do to support you better? And I feel like sometimes they're shy to give me criticism, but I try and have Zooms and one-on-ones with them to say like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> you can rip me apart if you want, because I want, I value you. So I want you to be here and I want you to be happy. So one of the girls finished school and I'm like, are you leaving me? Are you going to get a job? Like, Don't leave. But, um, you know, it's all part of life and it, you know, just teaches me a lot about just community and people and valuing people in life and business is something that I don't take for granted. For sure. It makes me think like, I, as you're saying that, I was like, how many times has a boss had a one-on-one with me ever in my life where they're like, so what do you really think? How are you really doing? I like, I'm, I'm playing through some of the things that have happened recently. I'm like, man, there's been so many times where my bosses don't did like, they were too busy. Like it's a huge corporate structure in one of the organizations I used to work for. Like they own 75 billion in assets, right? Like as if, as if I'm even like, what am I? I'm, I, I, I'm a to-do list for them. Right. And I'm like, you have no idea that my uncle died. You don't know that, like, I was sick this weekend. You have no idea that I worked 140 hours the last two weeks. You have no idea. You have no Maybe idea. Maybe you don't care, and that's yeah. worse. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm honestly like, have have I? There's been bosses. I'm not sure have if they've ever asked me how I was doing ever. And so it's like to be a leader and to go and to intentionally have zooms and to check if your team needs time off and to check how they're doing. It is transformative. It is a game changer and the people you work with show up differently. And I sometimes wonder if I'm doing it wrong. I have a team right now. And like hearing you say that, I'm like, I'm like, Hey, what would it take? Like how much time, how much notice do you need? Uh, if you needed to travel. So I've told you I was traveling a ton for work lately. And I'm like, there's, and they're like, well, I really, I'm the quick, I'm, I'm quick to jump. Like, well, whatever I need at least three days. Like that's it. That's all. And some of my team can't do that. And I'm like, I have to remember that just because it's not the way I would do it doesn't make it wrong. And that I, if I'm asking, I have to be okay with whatever answer they give me, or I have to accept it, whether I'm okay with it or not is different. I'm like, okay, if I give them room to be willful or to offer their opinion, I have to respect it. That's probably why a lot of employers don't ask. Honestly, probably. <laughs> Cause it's, it's- you can't unhear somebody asking for help or support or so I just check in. I just make sure, you know, every week I say, thank you, you know, for your work. If we're not on zooms or we're not, I just think it goes a long way. And I truly need them to run my business now because they allow me to have so much. I couldn't do this podcast at this time today. If I didn't know that in the background, I had support or every base was covered. And that is due to them. That is not due to me. So I have been able to offload a lot of the stuff that I don't know how to do properly. That's not my expertise. And I still want to show up in those spaces, but I don't want to spend two years learning how. So I can't do it without you. So I don't want you to go anywhere. 
So I'm making sure that you are like love bombed almost in a corporate way to be happy with your job so that I don't lose you. And I think that when companies don't care to lose you, like you are interchangeable, which everybody is. And that's a good lesson that like you're not on a high horse anywhere, but I still feel like gratitude, you know, goes a long way when you're showing up for work and there's an exchange of money there. Cause again, I, I teach women and coach, coach women on earned income matching and being aligned with their values. And if you hate your job every day and they pay you what you're spending money on something, it's like you resent, like you're spending because you resent where you're getting it. And there's a cycle there that people don't exist, don't know exists. So I feel like at least in my bit, when I'm paying people, I want them to be happy and I want it to be like, here, I round it up or whatever. And when I'm being paid, I want it to be, okay, I feel good about the work I've done. So I think that's important too. What do you think the biggest impact is about uh, when you work for some, when you have a job and you're totally resentful and you're like, I literally hate working here. And then you live your life. Like what is the financial, how does that impact that financial cycle you were talking about? Yeah, I think it's a love hate. Like for me, I worked in hospitality for a long time and I didn't know that you could take a day off or it's okay to have a weekend. They would punish us to not be there for 17 hours or not show up 45 minutes early for a shift. Then motherfucker, sorry, I don't know if I can say that, but time, you want me to be here at four, put four. Don't secretly want me to be there at three o'clock because I can't read your mind. So I feel like going through that, I was only there for the money and in turn, I had resentment and I feel like in time I would go out and party and drink and splurge and whatever. And it was because I only saw the dollar signs. I wasn't thinking about my goals, my values, and I wasn't giving the money back to myself as much as I could because it's almost as if I didn't want it or it was like toxic, abusive. I have to go back there and earn more. So I just feel like the healthy acknowledgement of You know, I'm not saying if you're unhappy, quit your job and like, oh, you're unemployed, but think about where your money is coming from and understand how that might impact your financial choices and decisions and life. Because I coached this one woman and I go on tangents, but this one's a good one. I promise. (laughs) I coached this one woman who worked for the government for 15 years and her raise over 15 years was, I think, 50 cents. Okay. Government of Canada. And she was overqualified for what she was doing, never got a raise, was terrified to leave, uh, had been married and divorced, so now was on her own, doing everything by herself, came from a traditional family, so they didn't teach her finances. And I looked at her session one, and people come to me to clean up their finances, but I kind of look at their lives. And first of all, I'm like, okay, we don't need to like remanage your budget, okay? You're doing everything correctly we need to increase your income because what you're not getting is what your value is. And she was like, because a lot of people don't realize. So since then, it's been probably six months. I got a message from her on Instagram the other day saying, Tara, I helped her create a new resume. Okay. Went from financial coaching to now we're looking for jobs. I had my assistants look up like 20 jobs for her within her realm, their pay, what they required, just so she knew this is your value at the level that you're at. She applied for six of them, had interviews and offers from three. Every one of them was a $20,000 increase plus. And she could take a year off government. So if she really hated it, she could go back. And it's like, we didn't rebudget your life all of a sudden. We gave you $20,000 plus and 
X amount vacation, whatever. So my point is like, sometimes you have to be a little creative with your life. And when you're unhappy, you don't realize that, okay, Tara, let's work through my budget and where can I cut my cable? No, you don't have to cut anything. Let's talk about uh, how you're being underpaid. And I mean, people don't know. They don't know that, oh, you're, you're like this age, 15 years. You know that in private sector, HR, you'd be paid like a hundred grand for that. And then she gets the offers. So anyways, that tangent is just like, know your worth and your value. And sometimes seek support because you don't know the little bits of information that other people will give you that gives you that aha moment that, wow, what? Okay. 20 grand came out of this like $200 session. Great. You know, that's insane. I think it's, it's again, it's like, this just reminds me of the importance of letting others see the potential in you and see what's already there too. Right. Cause sometimes you go into an occasion or an event or a job and you don't know how the room reads you. You have your own lens of your, what you're like and what you, how you stand out or the difference you'll make. And sometimes you need someone like a Tara to be hi, hello. There's some clarity missing here. Have you considered you're massively underpaid? And have and you also considered like you're, you have fears and I acknowledge your fear. She was afraid that if she left the government, she has no job security. But I asked her, do you want to sit at a place that gives you 50 cents over 15 years? Does that feel like you're valued there? Does that feel safe and secure to you? And then her new job, she sent me the offer and they said, we know that, you know, with inflation and everything, raises are a little higher, but we can only promise and guarantee 5% a year. Way more than she was getting in like 10 plus years at, at the government. Anyways, I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. See, oh, no, no, this is conversation. This is how, the, again, this is, this is, I like this. This is my jam. Yeah. I don't, oh, like how many opportunities don't you see or get because you don't have the ears to hear what's available. And so if you're listening and you're hearing this conversation and you're wondering, huh, like, is this, is this all that's there for me? Is this all I can do? Oh my gosh, I'm stuck. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. Uh, this it's, no one's going to think I can. Well, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not true. Uh, you're, I don't know Tara's background. You can talk about yours. Mine was, I worked for, uh, I worked, I taught musical theater for a municipality, uh, for a university summer job. And I was like, I'm not going to do anything with my life uh, that, that's related to children. I ended up doing it because someone's like, you know what you should do? You should work in youth leadership. And I was like, that sounds cool. Better than neuropathology, which is so sad. I mean, someone needs to do it, but um, I don't know anyone else who likes to cry after work, but that made me sad. And so I, it just needed to change. It wasn't working. And so someone else saw something in me and it took me a new direction. And mm -hmm. I would never in a million years have put me where I am. If you would have talked to five years ago, Clarissa, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was not, it, I didn't even know it existed. So I think it's just like, be willing to ask someone else to look into your world. And that's what a coach, a great coach does. And be willing to, when I say to her that day, she was like, the woman was in tears, had gone through this whole thing, wasn't raised to understand anything. And like came to one of my workshops a long time ago and literally couldn't afford me. That's why she took, and then I felt like, whoa, I'm an asshole. You know, like I should be doing this for free all the time. Like I'm making money. Like there's women out there who think they can't afford me. And now I've just 
potentially given them like a life-changing, just one slap in the face. Like I should be slapping everyone in the face, but it, it just, it hurt me at the same time, but it's like, there is value in what I have now. 10 years ago, I had no business probably telling me, I didn't know, but now I know what I know. And again, it leads me back to now I have my team. I don't have the time to look up 30 jobs for her and send them just to show her that they exist and that she is qualified. I wouldn't have had that time if I didn't get a team. Now I have a team who can send that little extra to my coaching clients. And now you don't have me, you have the resources of my team. And, you know, another client I had is stressed financially. And we, we came to the conclusion that her living situation wasn't serving her and she owned it. So she could actually buy herself so she could rent it for more than she was paying. And she could re-rent something for cheaper. So immediately $1,500 difference. She didn't even like living there. So it became like, again, a strategic win-win. And my assistants looked up how much her place can go for in the area and how much in the area she wanted a smaller one bedroom. And so with their research, it became like, here, here is how you can save $13,000 a year. Okay. And be happier and be in a fresh space. Like that was easy. Okay, next, you know, it becomes like a little bit less about, I need to not buy that more about what can I do for me? So I think it's all relative. Yeah. And it sounds like creative solutions. Yeah. It's fun. It's not, it's not like, oh, I'm again, you could have said, she could have said I'm stuck in this house or condo or whatever. I bought it. I'm stuck. Selling it is too much work. This is, I, I, how am I ever going to do this again? Look at the inflation rates. Look at the current interest rates for mortgages. Oh my God, if I move to a different space. Uh, and it's like, well, is that the only way? Yeah. Is that the only way I have a sister and she is nomadic? She cannot be in one place for too long anywhere. So she's renting this beautiful space and now she's like, I hate it. And so we're looking for alternative solutions to her and for her. And one of the things that came up is she likes, there's these groups that, and it, for some people, it would seem like lunacy, but for her, it's going to work. We looked at uh, timeshare programs that you can get two weeks in places around the world. And since she, that's what she does, she doesn't want to be anywhere for too long. Uh, that makes sense. And financially it's cheaper for her than constantly staying at hotels and constantly doing these other things. There might be some upfront costs, but it means she's get, gets flexibility. She gets support. And so she want, if she wanted multiple properties around the world, which would be really cool, but she wouldn't use them all the time. Could get sick of them. This allows for that sense of adventure and possibility without being tied down to anything. Now, is she going to do it for sure? I don't know, but it was a solution that wasn't even, wasn't even in the field or in the radar until we were like, okay, well, how else do people do it? How else do people do it so that you're not blowing money on like rent or a mortgage for a place that you less than love. And that is costly because of the way the world currently is. So now what? And I love that you found a new solution for her. That is so cool. That is awesome. I think, I think if your sister didn't have you to sit there and bounce that off of, you know, if you're just sitting with your own thoughts and Googling, you can only go, the Google is great, but there's so much information there. And especially when it comes to life choices and financial decisions, it's almost like you can't just trust Google. People read stuff on Google about finance and then they hear the exact same thing come out of my mouth. And it's like, they don't believe Google, but they believe me. And, you know, it's the same information, but you don't know who to trust. And so if your sister didn't have you to bounce that off of, or a support system or a friend to think outside the box with, and that's, I guess, what coaching is, but it's also friendship. It's also family. It's also partnership. 
but you know, my point is it's not like you don't have to do everything alone. No. And you shouldn't like, I, I, I'm a big believer in paying for personal development, like get some skin in the game, find the money, make the money, borrow the money, whatever it takes uh, to get it done. Because you, I mean, my sisters and I all have, we all have coaching training. So we're all able to listen from nothing rather than listen from our personal lenses. Cause if you would have asked me what I thought about vacation rentals or I grew up thinking I was grew up being told they were a cash grab and no one used them and they were a waste of money. And I was like, that means you don't know how to use them. Right. <laughs> That's really what it is. You know, what else is a waste of money, a gym membership that you don't use right. that. Right. So if you're in, spending money on things, you don't use. Yeah, of course they're waste of money. However, with that, with that, in that coaching container or with those conversations where you can have it, where it's less about my opinions, more about your wisdom and your coaches, that's their job is it's, they're there to facilitate information of knowledge that makes sense that they know. And also for you to make the decision, they're not making the decision you are. And for coaches like Tara, who show people how to get to that right to the financial realities, they that would have them living a higher quality of life. Why the heck would you not do it? It's wild to me that we don't consider investing in that, but we'd pay for a nutritionist. We'd pay for a gym trainer, but we do other life decisions like who we should marry with without wisdom from someone else. Like to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, someone get in front of my bad decisions. <laughs> and that's why we have coaches. <laughs> It's true. And you know what? It's, it's hard to, when it comes to money too, everything is so personal and everything is related. Like you are strapped for cash. It means when your friend asks you to go out that your response is going to be, your nervous system is going to stress out because you can't say yes, because of this, that same woman who got the $20,000 raise she sent, I almost cried when she sent the message because she said, here are my options. Tara, I can say yes to every wedding I'm invited to now. I can say yes and I can go. And like that to me, like it's not a number on a paper. It's that she doesn't have to feel ashamed anymore about her financial situation, which no one should feel ashamed anyway. Like it's not your fault, you know, what your what your financial situation or history is, but there are things you can do. And again, you're right. We pay for a natural path. We pay for a gym membership. We pay, pay yourself, pay for your self-development you know, invest in yourself and it, it's coming like therapy. I started therapy this year. And that, and oh, congratulations. Like, congratulations. Oh God, that was like a hard, like how come it took me 30 plus years to do that? I don't know, but I'm obsessed <laughs> with this every week. I'm like, hi, hi. I, oh, I'm not crying. Like good for me. You know? I literally, it took me so long, but it was so worth it. Amazing. It's like, she unlocks. I don't even know. If, sometimes I don't know if she's just letting me just view to somebody who doesn't have judgment or criticism, but she gives me little pieces that I actually take and I do her homework that she says. And the weird thing about therapy is once you start going, you can't unsee the stuff that and unlearn the stuff she's teaching you. And you're like, Whoa, that might've traumatized me. Whoa. Like maybe I need to talk about that. But point being, it's like invest in your self because you have one and you're living with you every day and your self-talk needs to be positive and it flows to every realm of your life and people are lying out of their teeth if they think that doesn't impact their financial situation or abundance because you'll just think more clearly if you're not stressed about money so however you want to look at it spiritual science like it all makes sense it does and I I love I love when people are like well you know money is more logical I'm like 
So I would believe you if I didn't work in marketing for almost two decades and know, understand, and see is to be completely true that 98% of buyers' decisions are emotional. (laughs) I'd love to think money's logical, but it's hard to separate it. It's also why people suck with gambling because they get feelings involved and they can't stop. So it's like, okay, if you're in that space where the, I call it like, it's like the sediment hasn't settled. It's murky. The water's actually clear if you let things settle, but sometimes you need someone to help you let things settle so you can make decisions differently. Yeah. And then yeah, maybe, actually, maybe like less buying. <laughs> now you say something to your phone and it's like, hello, we, how can we serve you today? And it's like, how healthy is that either? You know, like everything is related. So like feel happy about yourself and positive with your self-talk and your everything else will follow in my opinion. Yeah. And it's, it can be, it can feel like, oh, that's so easy to say, or that's, it's so hard to get there. I'm like, yeah, you know what? The first time I tried walking, it was pretty hard too. The first time I tried to learn language, that was pretty hard too. And then as an adult, when I tried to learn another language, that was also pretty hard, but with practice and time and some level of, okay, I can figure this out. That's there's God, other people have done it. I should be able to do this. There's a, there's a possibility I could do this. Then you, you can approach it in a way that could actually get you there versus being like, I'm stuck. And it's this weird yes and no answer where it's like, when I talk to people or have my workshops or investing anything, and I'm like, who doesn't, who wants more money? Yes or no? Like, would you like more money? Yes or no? Like, no one's going to say no. Do you want to live with less stress? Yes or no? No one's going to say no. Like, would you like to have more financial freedom? You know, all of these people and questions, like it's yes every time. So if if you can do a little step or the work to, to get to that space where you're like, yes is attainable, which it is for everybody. It's like, if you're choosing not to, that's on you. And that's okay. Everybody has a timeline and a journey and I don't promote comparing, but own that then, you know, own that, like that's the space you're in and you want to macro spend and you want to like, you know, don't hide it. It's okay, but if that's the phase of life that you're in and it's not the growth development phase, that's okay. There's no judgment, but don't pretend like you can't make a change because of course you can. Of course you can. Of course you can. It's so interesting to watch people's journeys. You're talking about yes or no, because sometimes I think people will be like, well, I don't, uh, like only if I can use it for good. I'm like, stop, stop with the morality around money. If you, if money, if money wasn't, if your if your premise is that, money is logical and not emotional, then why are you attributing morality to it? Right. Wow. Like why, why is it bad to have more? If money is logical and linear, why is there, why do you have guilt around owning it or Mm -hmm. having it or saving it or giving it away? Why do you have guilt or shame around that? If, if, if money is logical. That's the best argument I think I've ever heard when it comes to money and logic and emotions. I'm going to use that one. You take it. I like it infuriates me. I'm like, do you want to see how you're wrong? <laughs> Cause I could show you. Right. You're exactly right. And like, the thing is there is like inherently you didn't do this yourself, but there is guilt and shame around spending around bad financial habits around all this stuff. Inherently you learned a lot of this stuff from your parents. We're not taught school has never told you anything about credit. How is that fucking possible? When every human being needs credit to get anything in life, credit cards, credit, they don't, teach you about the premise of like building your credit score if everybody graduated high school and it's like you're 18 let's all make sure in like grade 12 your credit is 800 
Let's do that as a class. Let's compete who, who can have the best credit? Why don't they do that for people? It's like they want you to like, okay, fail, fail, you know? Well, I feel like there's so many things we just don't talk about. Like there's things that we just don't, like money, sex, love, like the things that people like, the things you're most likely to get divorced over or the things that when you, there's that standard stress scale that they attribute points to. And the highest one is like a death of a spouse. And then there's bankruptcy or whatever else. The top three things are the things we almost never address in traditional education. So my question is why not? (laughs) Like what, if we want, if I, if we look at the rest of the planet and you look at a flower they are actually designed to grow and bloom. Like that's, that is how it is built. It, that's what it does. The seed goes in, like some, some don't, some really grow and some are like meh in the middle, but they are meant to, every seed has the potential to fully bloom. So if we know that about nature, if we, if we consider that to be true about nature, which I consider that to be true about nature, then why wouldn't we do what we could to give the right soil nutrients resources to every human as much as possible. And that's also onus on the human to willingly accept said resources and not be like, no, I'm not using that one, you know, and then giving yourself that opportunity to actually thrive. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, and women too, like I've been having a lot of conversations with women. I meet women down here a lot that are vacationing or this or that, or solo travelers. And it's it, the same in school and family and structures. There are women out there. Like I thought this mean girl era, era was like way done. I Just guess jokes on you, done. jokes on you. <laughs> I guess it's not done. Like, you know, being vulnerable on social media, I get people that say like really mean things, but I know they're not like in my life saying that when there are people actually in your life who are not like watering you and wanting you to nourish and grow and they actually want to suppress you. I'm experiencing that with, like extended family and and friends I see. And to me, it baffles me. It's like with everything, money, life, this, we should be growing and being nourished and school systems, yes, but also in our own social circles. I think it's important to remind people, look around you and how people are treating you. And I was with one girl and she says her friends tell her like, she's not worthy of like this man or that man or whatever. And in my head, I'm like, Bitch, you're worthy of everything and anything. And if someone tells you that, they're projecting, you know? And I saw that experience. I'm like, wow, there still are people who allow into their life people who are like drowning you instead of feeding your grass and your soil. And I just think that's another thing for this year. Like your podcast is be better. And it's like, be better to other people as well as yourself because that's rude. And why would you tell somebody that you care about that they're not worthy of love or this or the job? Like you're limiting other people to, to stay within your own miserable box. And like, sure, if you want to live there, live there, that's on you. But I thought, I thought this mean girl shit was like not in my orbit. So it's, if you're it's a mean girl. You know? Well, and I think it's like, I want to look at why people or what would have people say it. I've had uh, like parents try to discourage me from doing certain things. And one is because they were either afraid of what might happen if I did it. They thought I'd get hurt or they thought I would set myself up for failure or that there's a list of like a laundry list of reasons and fears. And for when people who to your projection comment too, it's like, well, I would never want that kind of person. I'm like, good, because that's the person I would like actually. And if we all wanted to date, marry, live with, be with the same person, that would kind of be a problem. That 
I just don't think that would work. Uh, and there's that also like who's in your bucket. You talk about who's in your circle, the whole crabs in a bucket thing. There's going to be a crab who tries to get out. It might be you. And the other crabs in the bucket are like, whoa, what are you doing? And they actually will pull that crab down. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, nature's a cruel mistress, interesting one, but cruel. And it makes you wonder like, okay, if that's happening in nature, we have a cerebral cortex and a frontal cortex, and it allows us to see things differently than nature. That crab doesn't necessarily know at a cognitive level that it's like, well, screw you guys, I'm out. Uh, and we have that choice. So to your point of the people around you spewing, I don't know, gross, cruel, awful things, guard your goals is my, like, I have learned to be very careful with who I talk to what about. Right. There, there are things I would only talk to my mom about, but there's other things I wouldn't dare tell her. And it's not because I think she'll be mean about it, but it's because I don't know if she'll see the same possibility as I see. No harm on you, mom. You just don't see the same things I see, but there's other things she's my biggest champion and cheerleader for. And of course I would go to her. Yeah, of course. So who's, who's speaking into like, know the, know your people well, and don't assume people are like you because you're going to be one. You're going to be so disappointed. Uh, like I think it's awareness, awareness and managing your own expectations, being like, listen, expectations will be the death of you. And if I expect Tara to be just like me and respond to the world the same way I do, when she doesn't, who's mad and upset? Me. She doesn't know. She has no idea I had those expectations. And you're setting yourself up for a disappointment. And you're also going to be like, well, I don't trust Tara. Mm-hmm. She hurt, she hurt my feelings. Well, no, she didn't. Tara was no, being no. Tara. She didn't know. And even if she did know, it's not her responsibility to live up to some construct or expectation you've created so that you feel good. That's yeah. you got to pay. A lot, there's a lot in the, in, in like life and relationships as you get older too, because you evolve and you grow and there are structures like parents and friends. And when they see that it becomes a perceived threat sometimes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, but why does my growth and my like beautiful blooming threaten you? It, it should never. And so I try and make sure in my life, I, I support other people and I only allow people in my life who support me. But there comes like a weird thing too with sharing and oversharing. Like my partner, it, my boyfriend is like the most private person that I know. He posts on social media like once a year and like not that that quantifies being like sharing or not but he's an introvert he's private and then there's me who grew up in the space where I was able to emotionally say whatever I wanted without judgment or criticism so I share and I overshare on social media I get myself in trouble a lot sharing on social media and to me it took me a long time to understand but this is like my lived experience nothing I have putting on social is out of malice so first of all relax Second of all, like this is my experience and my platform. And if you're upset that I'm sharing something like that's that's your reality. So I've had to really work through, I overshare, he undershares. And how can I respect the boundary of, you know, social circles and families when I have to bite my tongue a little, I don't want to feel suppressed. But then he's like, I'm keeping this close because I grew up in a different structure than you where maybe it wasn't the same feedback or the family structure where I could just like verbally diarrhea all over everybody. And, you know, he couldn't. So, well, maybe he could, but he chose not to. So my point is that, that I don't even know what my point is now, but that I've been working on this year, making sure that my communication with people and theirs back in my circle and my bucket 
is full of positivity. And that has turned into losing some people in my extended circle. And I'm learning to be okay with that. And then that's scary to them even more because they're like, what, you don't want me or need me? Ouch. But it's like, I think that's actually, you pointed to what I think actually is why also people can, can stifle your growth or, or poop on it is because what happens if you grow, you will, will you leave me? Will I not recognize you anymore? Well, and it may not be conscious. I actually often don't think it's conscious. Um, but change is scary because we don't know what's on the other side of it. And so if you change, well, then what, well, then what, well, then what? And then that level of uncertainty can be jarring for people and they don't know why they're reacting, but your comment earlier, but your nervous system goes like this. So change happens, their nervous system goes like this, and they're going to say something to like calm their nervous system, keep you where you are so that everything feels safe and familiar um, or feels familiar because safety is questionable. Uh, yeah. it, as long as you fit, as long as it feels familiar, our nervous system, we'd rather stick with the devil we know than the devil we don't uh, most often from a neurological perspective, but it's dangerous if we don't change if we stay this if you if you forever wore the same pair of jeans one you probably wouldn't fit it forever five-year-old you is not the same size as 27 28 42 year old you and jeans aren't good for every season so or activity so it's okay to shift and in and out of things and i think that's a very good reminder that you can outgrow things change them still love them get a different version of them a different size and come back to and be like okay change is okay it's okay. And the people around you might actually calm once they realize, oh, oh, okay. I was, oh, I was reacting and I didn't, I, oh, you're actually still the same. Oh, got it. Oh, the only difference is you live in Mexico half the year. Okay. Got it. Okay. You still love me. Okay. I got it. But that can get missed. That can get missed when we hear it. <laughs> and before you're like, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? What's going to happen now is I'm going to be a better version of me who can love you better and be a better partner, daughter, sister, friend, whatever. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's funny to me. I grew up in a structure in a family that my parents were like, we want to learn from you. We can't wait till you're a brainiac and you get to teach me. I don't come from a family that's like, this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. So I grew up in a very different kind of like lighthearted, we're going to see what happens. And it's like a little unorthodox and it wouldn't work for a lot of people, but I grew into that. And it is why probably I explore and travel and, you know, helping people because I want to learn from them just the same. So sometimes I don't realize that other family structures aren't like that. And I think people quickly realize that I'm not like that, but it takes me a second to unwind and be like, oh, okay. Like this is the role that I'm supposed to fill here. And it's not because it's suppressing me. It's just because this is what they know and all that they know. So, you know, relationships as you get older is harder, but that's why I think it's more important than ever to, you know, get better, grow, be better, and just do your best. Excellent. Well, what are some ways that you do that? Like, so our listeners can have some like hot tips. Uh, how do you continue to get better and be your best? Yeah. So I think I've learned um, over the year, my friends are funny because they call me a witch. They're like, you're a witch. Sometimes you know things or you'll say things or I'm like, oh, we're going to run into this person. Just watch. And like, we run into this person happens way too much that it's weird. And so my friends joke and they'll be like, yeah, she's a witch. But I have learned in my whole life that trusting your gut when I know something 
and it's telling me something, not like I'm going to run into that person, but my intuition and my gut has led me only to the places that will serve me. And although other people have told me like, that's not the right choice or you're crazy or whatever, you know, being better now in my thirties and this realm of my life in this chapter means that I am going to trust myself in a way that feels, I don't need a validation from any external sources. I don't need to ask anybody for permission. I never did. I was kind of a stubborn kid, but when it comes to like leading with more love instead of you know, just being like, this is my choice, fuck you. I'm more so like, I am trusting myself and that is why I'm making these decisions. So I know now they're coming from a place of purity. And I think that's how I'm showing up a little bit better for myself and others by just trusting, you know, that I'm on my right path for me and that matters to me. So I'm good actually. And that's my, my biggest be better, I think. Yeah. Trusting that you're on your right path and how much do you, oh my God, how many times in society do we sit there and be like, oh, we should follow this. And this is the linear structure. And you go from junior to associate, to manager, to senior manager, to associate VP, to VP, all of these things. And it's like, since when is it linear? That's made up. It's all made up. It's all fabricated. And the decisions you make when people tell you you're crazy to do that, and I'm like, you, uh, first of all, who gets to decide what's crazy? It's crazier if I don't do it. And for the listeners, if you are hearing from your people in your life that you're crazy, but you have a knowingness, that intuition, that like, oh, there's something, there's a pull, there's a whisper, there's a something. I would say, you know, are you more crazy to not listen to it? Or are you crazier to listen to it? And I heard that one a lot, that you're crazy. I heard it when I went to Asia. I heard it when I got married. I heard it when I got divorced. I heard it when I bought a property. I heard it when I sold the property. And made, like, I've heard this a million times. And I have, I have known the whole time the right choice. It was just, did I trust myself and listen to myself enough at that point to t- tune out the noise? In my earlier life, I didn't. And I was kind of rough around the edges and how I would like self-explain that to myself. And now... It's like, you're in your own corner. And when you feel good about that, your decision-making processes, your finances, your relationships become easy because you are doing your best to show up for you. And how can anybody on this planet fault you for that? Or how can you fault you for that when your responsibility and obligation is to self? And, you know, my therapist always says, Tara, go back to self. You try and help all these other people and accommodate all these people, you know, go back to self. And she reminds me, And I also remind me like, oh yeah, whoa, what about me? But I've just learned, you know, as as far as my gut level goes, that's where I've been most happy. And whether I'm a witch, you know, or not, I I feel like trusting myself in these spaces has, has led me to a place where I don't care what other people think because I know for me, this is my choice. And if if that doesn't sit with you, that's actually on you. So learning that and, and, and unleashing that power, it's like unfuckwithable. I see that on social media sometimes. And I like save it and I resonate with that because when you got yourself, you don't need anybody else to make you feel like you're worthy or you're enough or, and it takes a while to get there, but like every person, you have amazing qualities and gifts and expertise, might not be the best at every single thing. None of us are. But understand that like you're showing up for yourself when you're waking up in the morning, 
taking care of your basic needs that might be all you can do that day like you don't have to subscribe to hustle culture to have all these investments and shit that we all share about online to to be like good enough for yourself everyone's good enough for themselves so what you said something and I was like oh my god imagine someone says something about what you're doing imagine being deterred from the thing that will make you the most happy just to quiet someone's opinion like you're giving up so okay let's say you love pistachio ice cream and I'm like you pistachio ice cream. You're like, it's absolutely my favorite. I'm like, no, no, no. Chocolate is much better. And you're like, I'm actually allergic to chocolate. I'm like, yeah, but chocolate's better. Uh, on what God given planet would you ever eat what you're allergic to like, on purpose to make someone else happy. So if you're going to not do that with food and you're going to actually pick what you like for dinner, why wouldn't you do that in other areas of your life? And I mean, there's certain, definitely certain times to take the wisdom of others, but there's no way someone's going to know. Ultimately, the ultimate knower is going to be you. And sometimes we make decisions that in the end, maybe, maybe would have been perceived as the wrong choice. Okay. You got married, you got divorced. Was that the wrong choice? Probably not. Cause it probably served you and taught you something. That's the I best have- choice ever. I had the most fun on that day. I still keep in touch with my ex-husband. Like, should we have been romantically married? Probably no, but you know what? That like, best move that I make yeah. me let me make my mistakes. And to me, that wasn't a mistake. Exactly. That was the point is that it's not a mistake. Like how many decisions did I need to go through that I needed to go through? Uh, there's a, a concept of being refined by fire, like purifying gold. The only way to like the best way to do it is through heat. And so how else are you getting refined? How else are you getting stronger? You get stronger, better, leaner, faster under tension, under pressure. doesn't mean it always needs to be hard, but it does mean that you might push up against some things. That doesn't make it bad, but imagine being deterred mm-hmm. by that. I'm like, oh my God. And then you said you're in your own corner. And it actually relates to a guest I've had previously. Who's like, you know what? When you're up against the world, be glad you're the only person who has your back. Even if it feels like no one else has, who better to have your back than you? And I was like, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I got emotional stuff. My face was all around. It was, but the takeaway that I really got was like, you're in your own corner and don't be deterred by someone else's fleeting opinion. They probably won't remember in five years, five days, five months. Yeah, it's hard because with friends and family structures, if you don't get the validation and approval from them, you know, I've seen people not be with other people whom they love because the suggestion was it shouldn't be that like they they are in your life for now but not for later and that to me it's like first of all why would anyone say that second of all how would they know like do you sleep with them every day do you have like love relationship sex with these people you like the fundamental values of us as people like we are the ones that know so it just becomes of course tough to have these it's easier said than done i'm sure listeners are like cool. I'm in my corner. Yeah. But like try explaining that to my friend or my partner or my family. Yes. It's not easy, but when you truly get to a place where you are in your own corner, those opinions don't matter because you don't care. No, don't care. And they're not going to impact your life. They won't because you have the boundary where it's like, I'm looking after me. And if you're upset about that, that's something you work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh my God, you're looking after you. You're looking after you. (laughs) If you're responsible for looking after you, 
why would anyone else really have a say in that? Okay. Disclaimer, if you have a medical professional who maybe advises, I don't know, you stretch, drink more water, get more sleep, maybe consider that opinion because um, it's usually professional. Ah, just you're in your, you're responsible for taking care of you. And you're just the, the, I mean, there is a time and place to make others happy for sure. Mm-hmm. There is, but it is not every single day. And if anyone ever tells me that I should be, oh my God, my favorite is like, why do you work out so early in the morning? Isn't that really tough? Like why do you do, you need more sleep? I was like, yeah, but if I work out at night, I'm for sure not sleeping. So you think me sleeping is any different? No, like you're taking care of you. You need to know you need to know you, you need to know your rhythms, you need to know your biology and then make decisions based off that. So whether it's your biology or your finances or your like love life decisions or your mindset, your friend group, who you choose to continue have relationships with, whether they're family or not, you need, you need to know. And it, and I, also you- a, I also have a big question, a huge question. Since when did I ask? <laughs> Like, this is my biggest, people think I'm rude when I say this. I say this to family. I say this to friends. When people give me like unsolicited, since when did I ask? And like, I don't mean that in a rude way, but actually I don't recall asking about this. I didn't, I didn't recall saying, do you think I should wake up earlier? What do you think guys that I should do with my body and my time? Like, weirdly, I never asked. And like, strange. You told me what you thought. (laughs) Yeah. And if you ask for opinions, receive them graciously because you asked, but there's people love, uh, people love telling others what to do. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Uh, but also they don't love necessarily executing on their lives. You know, we often know how to get to a goal. We know how to grow business. We know how to like get stronger or lose weight or, you know, paint our house, but do we always do it? No, because execution is it can be very challenging, uh, but it's nice. It feels like you did something when you tell someone else what to do. You're like, do that. I've, I've contributed to the world today. I don't need to fold my socks. We're fine. You know what? I guess that's, that's right. I always wondered like, why do people feel the need to do this? Cause I don't do that to other people. I really let people, I don't control them. I let them do their own thing. I respect. So you just actually taught me something very, very important in my life that they do it because it's like something they can check off of their, their feel good list. And that, that honestly has been a huge aha moment for me because I have wondered for a long time, like, I know people's intentions aren't rude, but like, why? And now it's like, they need that to feel like I did something that was good advice. Okay. That makes more sense to me because in I my stopped them from ruining their life. Surely. <laughs> like, did you though? Yeah. Yeah. But that helped actually. You're very, you're a genius. Oh, why? Thank you. Every once in a while I have something. Yeah, <laughs> It's not every day. It's not every day, but it's sometimes amazing. Um, we keep chatting and you're, I don't want to lose sight of things. I want to make sure you talk, you talked a little bit about your business. Are you still accepting clients now? Like, how is that working? Would that be, I, cause I have a feeling some of the listeners might be like, Whoa, she sounds interesting. I want to know more. Yeah. So I have one-to-one coaching open always on my social media, on my website. It's always there for people to book. I haven't been pushing, pushing, pushing because I'm, you know, taking time and space for, you know, my season, but yeah, I, I saw three coaching clients this week. I'll continue to see people always. And you know what I love? I love when I do these podcasts and people reach out just to chat about what that looks like, because 
I want to talk to you and know you and I want to hear your situation. And I love chatting with people to see, hey, do you think we'd be a good fit? So yes, I'm accepting clients. I, my investing program is there for anybody who wants to click, but, but I don't have classes scheduled and I'm having so much fun living my best life that I will always make time for people and I'm open to questions and coaching clients, but I'm not here to sell you anything. So let's just have a chat and see where it goes and, you know, let's be better, right? I love it. And I love people who aren't afraid to like money. Like I'd never be, you'd never be like, oh, you know, I like pizza sometimes, but not all the times. And only with certain amounts, I, I really watch my pizza and you might, cause you're gluten sensitive, but it's like, we don't, we get so weird around money, but why wouldn't you want to live with a little more financial freedom? Why wouldn't you want to live with a little more ease and what, and use your resources in a way that has you living a life you really love. And that's what a part it, of my whole, like, I'm not selling anything right now or doing classes hmm. or and I'm living in Mexico. And if you are following, you see the debauchery that's coming with living in Mexico and it's fun and it's fruitful and I'm spending and I'm buying and I'm looking for another property. So it's like part of my MO in, Hey, I'm making money. I'm abundant. And is not being like, it definitely needs to come from you. You know, I don't want it to people to feel like, okay, so I'm going to sell you these 800 things in turn. So then you can watch me spend your money. No, like right. I, I have a job also. I love my job. I love my life right now. But if you are seeking help and want to work together, 100% I'm available to show up for you. Amazing. And where do pe- where people where can people find you on social? Uh, Instagram is Tara Marie Murphy. It's just my name. So it's like pretty easy for me to remember. <laughs> it's like a business card. Um, TikTok is fun lately. And then I have a website, which is also taramariemurphy.com. My name, like very easy. And that's it. And I'm just there. So amazing. So for those of you who want to look up Tara, I will include it in the show notes and we will post it to the Instagram and the social channels. So you will find her again, but I definitely wanted to make sure we got there before we got to the end of our session. I, I wanted to know what is the favorite thing that since you've started this journey, what is something that you're super like excited about, super proud of that you've done since your time becoming this financial freedom woman of juicy goodness wisdom? <laughs> Yeah, I I think, honestly, I think property, like investing in property when I was young and like really pedal to the metal. Uh, I didn't like strap myself financially when I was younger. I've always have this give yourself grace mindset, but I think I made good choices young. So now in my thirties and going into forties and family planning and all these things, I don't feel the pressure that I think a lot of people feel. It's like the opposite. People get to like 40, 45 and they're like, whoa, I should think about retiring or whoa, like I own like several properties and nobody has their name on them, but me and nobody helped me with them. So I think, you know, setting yourself up young, whether it is 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, like as soon as you're listening to this and you're like, I could do something better, whether it's me or somebody else. I think my biggest takeaway from being proud of myself is that I did that stuff early on So that now I can have the option to live in Mexico to say, I don't need to sell you this because, you know, I'm still good and I'm not here to like bamboozle people. Everything feels aligned to me now because I did the work. So Mm. I think my lesson for myself and my thank you is thank you for doing the work and Mm. was uncomfortable financially and otherwise so that now I can really relax and say yes and do things that I love without feeling guilty about it. And so for people who haven't done that yet, 
-hmm. is there still hope? Of course. That's why when I say it, I say 20, 30, 40, 50. I have a mother who's in her 50s and she made some strange financial choices before I was able to advise her and went through 2008 and all these crashes. And a few years ago, she was almost in tears like, Tara, shit, I haven't thought about, really thought about like, I have grandkids now, I want to retire or whatever. And so we sat down and we made a sound plan. And this lady now moved to Austin, Texas. She's with her grandkids three days a week. Max relaxing, chilling, has a rental property and we worked it out. So she's okay. She cried one day. I remember one day she called and she's like, wow, that's what I have. I can retire. You know, you can, you can do, you can be creative with finances and money at any age. So I just think like, if you're hearing this and you know, that's something you need to do, whether you're 50 or 20, like, let's do it and like make that move because you will thank yourself later. My mom three years ago wasn't with her grandchildren and now she is. And for her, that's like her greatest gift. And now she wants me to have more. So like, maybe I should have told her to go back to work, but <laughs> you know, that's, that's just my thoughts are it's never too late, but it's never too early. Yep. Amazing. Oh, what a delightful conversation. This was so much fun, Tara. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Any final remarks? No, no, no. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you again. It was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I look forward to seeing all of the people who go, uh, come and go through you and they'll have their lives uh, are transformed. Thank you so much. No problem. Have an amazing day. If this podcast has landed with you, served you, provided value, please let us know. Give us a like, subscribe, share it with a friend that you know it will make a difference for. We are here to be a contribution and a service to others. We cannot wait to see you next time. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care.